Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Thank you, Matt. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Nolkemper, and I'm your host for St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are live, and we are the Rome of the West. I love saying that. We are the Rome of the West, and I am thrilled to introduce our speaker today, our guest speaker. His name is Father Anthony Wick. He is a Jesuit. He is fantastic and famous in our St. Louis area, and he's going to be talking about theology of the body, theology of the body today. So I'm excited to to jump right in, and uh, before we do that, Father, if you could just open uh, the program with a prayer, and then I want to talk about a little bit about your background, and then we will talk about theology of the body. So if you could please uh, open with a prayer. Certainly, Thank you. Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and loving God, we ask that you bless us this day and help us to enter ever more fully into your Trinitarian communion. We thank you for your amazing love, and we ask that you give us the grace to live from that love, that we may be signs of your presence in a world very much in need. Bless this conversation today, Lord. May it give you honor and glory and praise. May it stir hearts to an ever greater fervor to follow you and to surrender their lives to you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer. We honor and glorify you all through the intercession of St. Joseph. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Amen. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. And what a great way to set the tone for today's program, Theology of the Body, today. Um, but before we do that, I wanted our audience to get a sense of you. I know I've been blessed uh, to call you a friend for many years now, and you've been in the St. Louis area officially since, I think, summer of 2017, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. backing up just a little bit, uh, my understanding is you're officially right now the retreat master at the White House Retreat Center and South St. Louis. Is that right? You're that's the, that's, that's right. correct. The retreat Some master. Other. That sounds very official. We'll have to learn a little bit more about that. I know a retreat master that sounds a little bit like maybe a, a Jedi master or something. I know you're the, the guru <laughs> of retreats at, at the White House Center. We'll have to have to delve into that and learn more about your role because I know you do amazing work there. I've led many, many retreats there. But uh, but prior to that, just backing up a little bit, uh, I think in terms of background, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both your father and your grandfather had participated in silent retreats out of the retreat center, and then on the advice of a Jesuit, your father was encouraged to pursue uh, farming in Montana, and then he met his lovely wife, your mother, and they moved and settled into northeastern Oregon, if that's correct. Right, that's right. correct. And then you grew up on a farm. That's correct. Okay, yes. wow, that's always exciting to hear about that, a farm. Yes. So was that uh, fun, hard, exciting, different? What was it like growing up on a farm? Well, it was a lot of work. We would get home from our public school. The homeschooling wasn't a thing back then when I was growing up. But uh, we'd get back from school. It would be given, I remember, something like an hour, maybe hour and a half to play and, and rest. And then we'd have to be out and, and start helping out on the farm and get on a tractor, move some pipe and whatnot. So, and the summers were especially busy and good hard work, uh, laborious uh, work. We were a family of nine, so wow. cheap labor. Uh, <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, and, but and yeah, we have the roots are here for me uh, from my father's side in St. Louis. So I'm really great. proud of that fact. We're mm-hmm. glad you're back. And I grew up on a yeah, farm number six right. of nine. And then from there, you kind of did your own uh, discernment. I know you had good Jesuit influences uh, from your parents and grandparents and then studied uh, here in the States, also in Rome, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, is five that right? Years. Yeah, five, five years. Five years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yes. And then have taught at um, Spring Hill College and as yes. well as a couple of high schools in Texas. That's right. Before. Three different high schools there. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, mm-hmm. That's probably you mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of teenagers and young adult that's issues, right. I'm sure. That's right. Stories. You had to sell the faith. You know, there you so. go. That's right. That's right. And I know you're very good at that. So they were very, very blessed to have you. And then after the time in Texas, uh, 
God brought you here. So you've been with Indeed. us officially in St. Louis uh, since summer of 2017. That's right. And I think you are the spiritual director at Kenrick Glennon, Glennon Seminary, That's as well right. as teaching a course Correct. of the Holy Trinity. Okay, Correct. got it. Wow. You so you're, you're a busy guy, a busy man. Yeah. That is wonderful. And and I know, um, personally, we are so blessed by your wisdom, I know, just in terms of the way you teach and preach. So I'm excited to jump right into the topic, because I know you're Certainly. preparing to teach this uh, soon in the St. Louis area. So, um, so if I could just ask you, because I think in many Catholic circles, uh, I'd be surprised if folks haven't heard, at least heard, of the term of theology of the body. Mm-hmm. I know some people have more of an understanding than others, but if you could kind of just level set for us and give us an idea, kind of an overview. That's an impressive topic, but you know, what is uh, theology of the body, if you can? I know that's a like, it's quite Absolutely. a big topic, but I'd love to kind of get your take from an overview standpoint. Absolutely. Excellent question. Yes, I'm pleased that many people would know the term and have some sense of what that means. Theology of the body is an effort begun by John Paul II, mm-hmm. St. John Paul II, to help us understand what it is to be a human person in a world that denigrates the human person, that relativizes the human person. St. John Paul II, from his, not only his philosophical studies, he had a great philosophical mind, but from many of his experiences with young adults and those who were preparing for marriage, Mm -hmm. and he would go on hikes in the mountains of Poland uh, to be with them, and he'd listen to them. He was a great listener, and he would process their experience of what love is, what is true love, what is not, what's counterfeit there. He began this deep reflection on what is it to live according to Christ, and Christ designed for the human person. What is it to be a human person? And you could say that theology of the body is simply a deep biblical reflection from John Paul II, from the beginning of his pontificate, that helps us understand what it is to be human. That's really needed today. That's really needed today because there's many counterfeits of what it is to be human, and those are the central struggles of our day too, and we can talk about that. But yes, it's a profound biblical reflection on the meaning of what it is to be human. And as a spoiler alert, it really goes to this point of Jesus that we won't find ourselves unless we lose ourselves. We won't find ourselves unless we lose ourselves. There's something about, I won't find myself until I'm totally given in self-gift. Right. And I give myself in self-gift through the body. We are bodies and souls. And so how do I learn that theology of the body? How is that inscribed in my very body, this call to love? to receive love, and to be loved to others. I love it. Oh, my gosh, that's great. And talk about such a need, just as you'd mentioned. And I think just backing up a little bit, as you were talking about with uh, St. John Paul II, wasn't this part of his, if I'm uh, not mistaken, he was giving talks every Wednesday for five years, five years. on this very topic right. of theology of body. This is That's how important right. it was to him to really share the theology of the body with, with the faithful and with the lay audiences. But I'm thinking every Wednesday for five years. That's a lot of talks about this important topic. And that's so right. that's, that's really right. um, yes. critical. And how did you first encounter theology that we, through the seminary or through your other studies and work? Maybe give me a sense of how you first learned of theology of the body. So in the pontificate of John Paul II, there was a great enthusiasm he was so bold and strong, and mm-hmm. and uh, the way he'd hold his crozier and the way he would travel, and the first one to break break so many molds of, of the role of the Pope, especially in the in terms of travel and beginning the World Youth Days and whatnot. I was familiar with some of his talks on theology of the body when he was first giving them. I had not studied them in depth. I believe I didn't study them in depth until the year around 1999 um, to really pour through the actual audiences of, of, uh, of the Holy Father. But I had read secondary sources on, on the Holy Father, and uh, I think it's important to have some familiarity with the actual audiences themselves. So yes, the Wednesday audiences that you're speaking about from 79 to 84, those five years, he thought it was such an important topic to, to teach the faithful what it is to love, what it is to be a human person, how to live within our authentic identity, and what are the false substitutes that are that are common and that are tempting for us as Catholics also. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Did you want to maybe uh, talk a little bit about some of those false substitutes certainly. that are out there and how the certainly, certainly. So, counters that? Yeah. So we see today a very common notion is that we make ourselves. We make ourselves what we are to be. So that biology is less important than, say, gender. I get to choose what I'm going to be. And these are counterfeits 
um, from the wrong spirit, frankly. We have to exercise some discernment of spirits and hear those words of, you shall be as gods, that go back to the beginning of Genesis. Mm -hmm. You make yourself what you are. It's not received as gift. I don't receive myself as gift. I don't receive my body as gift. I make of my body what I wish. I choose my gender. I choose my orientation. I choose what I'm going to be. I choose how I want to live my life. I choose if how I'm going to live before marriage or live with my fiancé. Uh, these are my choices, and everyone needs to stay away. Also, the, the world reduces the human person to a bundle of sexual energies, mm. saying if you find your sexual fulfillment, you'll find your personhood. Mm. You'll find who you are. So everyone needs to stay back. Stay back and not use any speech that would go against everyone choosing what they think would be, would be healthy. In the words of Archbishop Sheen, the world understands the human person in terms of sex. Mm. The Catholic Church understands sex within the human person. So sex is an element of our wholeness. And so how do we live that sexuality wholly, holistically, such that it's life-giving? truly life-giving. And so the, these, uh, this theme of the theology of the body answers that question. So in a world that's going more and more blind, isn't it interesting how, how the, the great uh, reaction against the church's teaching it always comes back to sexual issues, almost always. Or those who have a profound struggle with some issue of the church, it usually goes back to some sexual practice they may have that they hold on to and they don't want to accept that Christ is teaching through his church how to live a holistic life and how to appreciate and receive my body as a gift and to live that as gift. Whether I'm married or single or religious, priest, it's, it has profound significance for all of us, widowed, whatever it be. And so John Paul II helps us take a deep dive there. So I believe it's a remedy to the current crisis in our culture, which is a, a shallow anthropology. Anthropology is a study of the human person. We have a shallow anthropology that I'm, I'm these bundle of desires, and if I can just fulfill those desires, I'll be happy. So I'm searching here. Maybe this other person would make me happy. Maybe this. And I enter into marriage with these kind of notions. I tell people I'm preparing for marriage, if you're looking for your own happiness in marriage, you'll never find it. But if you're looking for your spouse's happiness, you'll find your own. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And getting back to the concept of gift, just like you said, boy, that is so profound and so true, yet we're not always hearing it. Or maybe we are hearing it in Catholic mm -hmm. circles, and we're swimming upstream. So I think it's so critical to continue to get that message out, the truth that our bodies and our whole persons a gift from God. And I love that holistic view, just as you were saying with Theology of the Body, looking at how we are gifts from God mind, body, spirit, heart, and soul, mm -hmm. all of this is a gift, a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Again, thinking about in scriptures too, just how he knew us uh, before he formed us in the womb and just well how precious and irreplaceable we are and how unique we are as persons. And to really start by maybe looking at our identity as a gift, knowing who we are and whose we are, I yes. think is critical to really having a, a broader perspective. I, I totally agree. Well said, Karen. I, I feel like we have to raise our children more and more to be countercultural in this, not to fit in with the culture, not to live and let live, you do you. Uh, and we have to have a deeper love. We have to have a deeper love for people to help them find that, that deeper self. In the image of uh, G.K. Chesterton, the great Catholic intellectual from England, he says, we have to be like live fish going against the current, as you, as you said earlier. So only a live fish, he says, can go against the current. The dead go with it. Oh, that's very, very well said, too. And again, just I think what I want to also look at at some point, too, is the courage. How do we equip um, our students, our young people, our adults, too, to have that courage to be that live fish swimming up the stream, to yeah. learn the truth, to seek out God's fullness? Because truly, there is that joy, as you were saying, when you're seeking the happiness of the other person, because we can only be fulfilled. I've read this, and it resonates with me as well, too, in terms of we're only fulfilled when we're in service to God and others. So when we're in genuine, self-giving, mm -hmm. life-giving, mm -hmm. service to God and others, mm -hmm. that's when and where we find our true fulfillment. That's really exciting to me, and I'd love to maybe, you know, learn a little bit more about that, too, because that's really critical, I 
think, in terms of finding that solid fulfillment that's not fleeting, that doesn't come and go with circumstances or come and go with what's going on in our culture, in the mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. et cetera. So just mm-hmm. learning more about that deep fulfillment. And before you uh, mention that, I just want to sure. remind our listeners at this point, too, that they are listening to St. Joseph mm-hmm. Radio Presents. We are live here today with Father Anthony Wick. We are talking about Theology of the Body. Uh, my name is Karen Nolkepper. I'm your host today. I also want to give a call-in number. I think we're going to take some calls with sure. Father Father Anthony Wick, uh, probably the bottom half of the hour here. And the phone number for people to call in with questions, it's 636-447-6000. Again, that is 636-447-6000 to call in for any questions for Father Anthony regarding theology of the body. So, okay, go ahead. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt, but I wanted to make that number known. The first experience for us to enter into a theology of the body is a Marian one. It's actively receiving ourselves as gift. In other words, I have to allow myself to be profoundly loved. We can't give what we don't have. There's a famous old Latin saying, nemo dat quod non habit. I can't give what I don't have, so I need to be filled with God's love. And by that filling of God's love, it will help me let go of those inordinate attachments, those mm-hmm. things in the, of the world, maybe, maybe worldly ways of thinking that I have, so that I can receive myself as gift again. And then as this I've experienced the profound incarnational bodily love of Christ given me, especially Eucharistically, then I can begin to live this this Mm -hmm. call to uh, self-gift. But I can't live that call to self-gift until I experience myself as gift. Mm -hmm. So I have to enter into this this prayer form. And for St. Ignatius, he gives us five particular prayer forms to help us identify those things to which I cling for my security. And it will help me let go of those so that I can begin to receive myself as gift from God and to begin to give myself as gift to others with the divine love. And I begin to love people with the divine love. I, I love what you're saying. That makes so much sense. Good. For those listeners who are out there and, and viewers eventually, because right now we're live radio, but we mm-hmm. are being video recorded. So we will be on YouTube and Roku TV, Catholic TV as well, a little bit later. Uh, but for those folks out there, where can we go for a resource? Is there something online or to seek out a spiritual director like yourself? Or how would a layperson in the pews, where can they go kind of like a step-by-step roadmap? I realize there's no one formula, but start to begin to realize what you're saying, to be filled with God's love, to realize they're, they are a gift. How would they go about, you know, through prayer, adoration? Where, where can they kind of almost start that journey to enter in uh, more deeply and more fully, to really fully understand and embrace what you were saying? There are many possible avenues for that. Um, the actual teachings of John Paul II are in a book, um, The Theology of the Body, put out by the Daughters of St. Paul. That's a wonderful book. There's a newer version of it. I still have the older version because I'm so traditional. (laughs) And uh, there are secondary sources that are excellent. Here's one uh, by Carl Anderson, the head of the Knights, and Jose Granados. Really well done where it integrates some of the Holy Father's poetic reflections also into the nuptial mystery, the call to gift. Um, Most popularly known is Christopher West, uh, for his intro into Theology of the Body. He has a book, Theology of the Body Explained. He has another one, Good News About Sex and Marriage. Uh, that's an easy intro also. You'll find other sources online um, and many videos on Theology of the Body, probably some better than others. I hope that all of... You know you're doing well when you keep going back into the Holy Father's actual words. I'm always sometimes worried about secondary sources. Are they really faithful to the original of what the Holy Father is saying there? Sure, so, sure. But very, yeah, generally very speaking, I'm pleased with what's out there. Good, mm-hmm. good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. I do want to um, mention one resource real quickly that I'm personally familiar with in addition to the ones you were just mentioning there. Oh my gosh, this is so good. It was um, the GIFT series, G-I-F-T, the GIFT series. Um, I had the um, pleasure and privilege to briefly facilitate that. And that was my first entry point really into a slightly deeper dive with theology on the bottom. Theology of the Body, and this is with Christopher West. There are eight mm-hmm. DVDs, eight 30-minute DVDs. Mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend that for maybe young adult uh, prayer groups or mm-hmm. parish uh, group settings. Uh, I was at a particular parish when we were um, going through this in the eight uh, segments, and I'll never forget sort of the aha reactions, the light bulbs were going on, because it was that Theology of the Body explained, and for 
uh, people in all states of life and all vocations. To a point you had mentioned earlier, it really applies to everybody. And I remember in particular, I think DVD number six and number seven of the eight, they really explained not only theology of the body for those who are in marriage or are about to enter marriage, mm-hmm. but also for um, priests, religious, single people. It really gave people this rich, beautiful aha, this understanding of, of their calling and the gift of who they are, the gift from their creator. It really, it finally sunk in and resonated with people. So I, I love that particular level of an entree point yeah. where it's not so deep and heady mm-hmm. that uh, that's an ultimate goal. And I know to really uh, delve in uh, for a really deep dive, but yet it's not real simplistic. So I just want to throw that out there as another possible resource too. So yeah. um, I also, there's one other thing, what I'm excited about, maybe you can speak more to this too, especially from your background of uh, teaching in the high schools and at college and the, the seminary as well. Um, what I am seeing is they're starting to now introduce theology of the body younger and younger, actually in grade schools, in Catholic grade schools, they have age-appropriate concepts. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Father, this is so important and so wonderful early on to really learn who you are and whose you are. I don't know if you've uh, seen much or had uh, much experience with that, but I'm just really... um, thrilled because it's teaching the kids. Oh, I'm sorry, I asked you a question. I didn't let you finish. Go, go no, ahead there. Sorry no, about that. I, I share your enthusiasm for that. That is excellent. And I hope it only increases that forming kids to appreciate this, this gift uh, through theology of body of who they are. And as you say, whose they are. So true. So I'm, I hope more and more. I, I don't know the details of how often this is done in grade school. I, I haven't heard a lot, nor in high schools, of theology of the body. So I feel like it's still a relatively unknown resource, unfortunately. I wish it was was permeated throughout the church. George Weigel, the papal biographer, says that this is a theological time bomb set off to go sometime in the in the third millennium. So, any time now, um, right. we should be having this uh, this uh, time bomb of uh, this theological time bomb that's going to change how we see everything, including our understanding of the creed. Our, our faith is incredibly incarnational. So how do I understand everything as gift and begin to live it as gift? I do that through my body. Yes, absolutely. The, you know, theology, kind of the study of God, and we're living that through their body. So how do we understand? How do we reveal? How do we realize God's love for each one of us through our bodies? Our bodies are mind, body, spirit, a combination of factors, not just, like you said, urges and whatnot. So how do we mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. God's love for each one of us through, again, the physical representation of our body? Yes. And I love yes. And then how do we bless and share that gift with others in a way that's appropriate for our age and stage in life, but also just in a way that respects our own dignity and worth. And what I love about what I'm understanding from Theology of the Body in um, the, the school setting is looking at how kids then they understand, I am a beloved child of God. I'm a beloved son or daughter of God. Yeah. I'm worthy of dignity and respect. So you're setting that foundation early to counter a lot of the messages that I think the kids will hear. Well, I don't think. I, I know the kids will hear as they grow up in terms of they're just reduced to one thing or the other. They're just reduced to sexuality. And oftentimes the culture is really focusing on people as objects to be used or thrown away. So how do we gird them? How do we give them the strong foundation set on those principles of theology of the body that says you are a child of God. You are precious. You are unique. You are irreplaceable uh, and irrepeatable. How do we, you know, a- embrace that? That's what I'm excited about to yes. see that being um, yes. encouraged at that level. So theology of the body, because it's biblical, is rooted in a trinitarian understanding, and in a trinitarian understanding, the Father is not a father without the Son. The Father is completely focused on His Son. He's filled with this spirit of love. For his son. He has no greater des- desire than to exalt his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the son is filled with that same spirit of love for his father, and he's all about the father. And he uses love language like the father is greater than I, kind of like uh, in marriage, this is my better half. Huh? He's always about the father. Everything that Jesus does is animated by his love for the father. He constantly, even after a busy day, gets back to the father. That's where he recharges his batteries. That's where he experiences that exuberant joy in his father. And so we are created as a superabundant gift out of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our God is Trinity. Lover, beloved, and the love between them, God, must be Trinity. And we're created as, as this overflow, unnecessary, and yet God, out of his great superabundant gift, uh, creates us. And now we're called to, to enter back into that Trinity. And we do that 
through our bodies, which are gift. And so think about our bodies. There's something, Karen, I can see now that you've never seen all your life, even though you've known yourself for a while, uh, and that is your, your face. Huh? Our face reveals, our eyes are a window of the soul. I've never seen my own face. You've never seen your own face. We've only seen a reverse reflection in a mirror mm -hmm. because our face is meant to be given for others. Huh? Mm. My hands, everything about me is calling me to give of myself. Right. My sexuality is an invite to give of myself, to bring life to others. There's a reason why hundreds of people call me father. <laughs> sure. I'm called to, to, to bear forth life. So right. are you. Everything about us is called to be gift. So when you think of it in those terms, you see, oh, so I see that the Trinitarian model is stamped in my very being that I'm, I'm made to be gift to others and to receive others as gift. And in that, I find my fulfillment. I find my wholeness. We oftentimes, even as Catholics, we slip into kind of a secular way of training our children to say things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, that sounds really good on the outside, but if you think about it, if you're not careful, you're training your child to think about him or her as the center of the universe. What do they want to do? They want to become a fireman. They want to become a nurse. They want. Uh, it's not what you. What do you want to be when you grow up? But we should be asking more a Christian question like, "How can you best serve others when you grow up, son?" Or, "Sweetie, how can you best serve God when you grow up?" What do you think? Get them thinking outside of themselves how they would love to wash others' feet, and then they will find their fulfillment. That's the key for all of us. There's, there's no one who's fulfilled looking for him or herself. You'll, you'll never find fulfillment in that. We'll only find it in, in washing others' feet, uh, right. ennobling others to find their, their, their goodness, their wholeness, their dignity. Right. So well said. And I love that. And thank you for that reflection and that guidance for parents. So uh, just that slight tweaking that is yeah. very profound. Not only just what do you want to be and what do you want to do, because they're probably looking at um, where are your gifts and talents, but how can you best serve the Lord? How can That's you best right. serve it? And really, and when you're doing that, you're saying, okay, uh -huh. thy will, not my will. Lord, where are you leading me? Where are you leading my, my child, my son or daughter? A having them ask those questions too, to begin to really get on their knees in prayer and ask God for guidance. And I think that's so important to start that habit early on as children mm. to look to the Father for that direction and that divine guidance. So um, I know we're getting close to a break. Let me repeat the phone number for Father Anthony for call-in questions. Our phone number here is 636-447-6000. Again, 636-447-6000. We welcome any and all questions for Father Anthony Wick regarding today's topic of theology on the body, or theology of the body. Thank you. All right, we'll be back uh, momentarily. And again, please feel free to give us a call at the number I mentioned. Okay, Hi, we're back again. I am Karen Nolkemper, your host on St. Joseph Radio Live, St. Joseph Radio Presents. I am so blessed to have in our studio audience today, Father Anthony Wick, and we are talking about Theology of the Body. And uh, we have a little bit more to share. Father, you want to go ahead and continue your thought from right before the break there? Sure. So... As we're forming our children to receive themselves as gift, it's important that we don't give them false notions of self. In our world that has so many choices, we sometimes tell them things also like, you can do anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. You just need to put your mind to it. Whereas Jesus says, without me, you can do Nothing. Hey, you got it. Okay, good, good. Pass my lesson. Survival. This is good. That's right. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. Absolutely. And so Jesus is our model for how to live that self-gift. He gives us a new opportunity to live within that self-gift. So I can't be a full lover like I need to be. I can't live full self-gift. There, I'm a mix. I'm a mix of messiness in me also. And so I need that confessional experience, which doesn't only cleanse me, but it gives me new strength to live the gift. Huh? to live the gift, and to love others with a divine love. Marriage, the, the third party in marriage is not the child. The third party in marriage is actually the Holy Spirit. My spouse deserves, if I were married, my spouse deserves divine love. Divine love, I can't love with the divine love. I can, actually. If I allow myself to be cleansed, I can love my spouse with divine love. She or he deserves that and needs that to thrive, huh? and to allow themselves to let go of that to which they cling. We have a wonderful model here in Joseph and Mary, huh? in this year of St. Joseph. St. Joseph, this total self-gift, he's all in in this marriage. Huh? He totally gives himself and offers his body as complete gift to her and her complete gift to him. Very deep understanding of theology of the body from which we have this child. Guess who gets to name the child? Joseph. Because when he says yes to the angel, he's all in. 
He's all in. And so what a wonderful model of intimacy, of closeness, of they are a model for sure of the married life, but also of the religious life because they're living that in this, uh, this chastity, we're all called the chastity, focusing our, our sexual energies in love, but they're also living it in virginity. And so uh, what a wonderful gift, what a wonderful model. We have another beautiful statue back here of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. There you have a Trinitarian family living in love. It's very doable. You and I can, this is not a theory. This is not some high-minded, if you get to a certain point in your spirituality, you can begin to live this wholeness, this theology of the body. Oh, no, it it starts early and often. (laughs) And it's a gift that God means, uh, means to give us at all times. So we have a perfect model here in Joseph, in his surrender, uh, in his plan. And so we ask him to be our spiritual father in this year especially so that we can, we can love Jesus, that we can surrender our lives for another and therefore find ourselves. St. Joseph, pray for us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well said. Thank you so very much. That makes so much sense. And again, I love his example, too, of being that, that spiritual father. And I love, too, what you were saying about um, not, it's not just living with someone, but it's living for someone and someone else, living for God. Well yeah, said. not just thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I also want to circle back around to something you said about cleansing our heart, because I think it's so important to um, prepare our hearts or till the soil, if you will, prepare yes. the ground to really learn and receive and absorb these truths of the theology of the body. How do we absorb them? But we need to have the proper framework first. So back to cleansing our hearts and souls, the sacrament of reconciliation. How do we kind of get rid of the, the it, kind of the, the dirt on the windshield, if you will, so we yeah. can have that uh, pure, pure heart, that, that clean spirit to be able to receive and so to ask for guidance in terms of how we interact with one another. So I really love that being a piece of the equation of taking advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation to just get ourselves right with God, to have that spiritual uh, direction, that count, encounter, and that moment of a chance to be forgiven and start anew on our, our path as we seek to live out God's will in whatever way he is calling us to do that in whatever state of life. So I really am grateful for that sacrament. Yes, uh, the mercy is the key of all of this. In other words, to, re- to live within the mercy of God, to allow the mercy of God to flow over me and through me. Sometimes it's good to pray the divine chaplet, uh, chaplet of divine mercy with this experiential, uh, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on mm. us and on the whole world. So we're praying to the Father through your Son, have mercy on me. Experience, put yourself at the foot of the cross. Experience the blood of Christ flowing over you and through you to the whole world. It's incredibly cleansing of me. It changes who I am. And I, I need to love you with the divine love. I need to love my brothers and, and others uh, with the divine love. But make that experiential of, of the cleansing mercy of God that doesn't only cleanse me of my sin, but it also gives me this new strength to love with with God's love, who is the Holy Spirit. I can love you with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. More than a human love, more than a, a respect, or I'll try not to hurt you. It's much more than that. It's 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 loving you with a divine love, allowing to letting myself see and develop those eyes, if you will. Uh, letting my spiritual cataracts go away, asking Ooh, the Lord I to like take away analogy. my spiritual cataracts where I don't see you for who you truly mm-hmm. are, I, or I see others or you uh, only partially. And and as you say, we can objectify one another in all kinds of different ways. We can try to be in control of one another. I want to dominate, be over this person, and they're trying to dominate me in their own way. And that's all disordered. It's all disordered. Uh, it's it's uh, It's... Looking at the other through spiritual cataracts, yes. So we need to have those cataracts cleansed so that I can see the other as other, as gift. Help them see that also the one objective view of me and of you is God's view. Maybe I have a negative self-view. I need to let go of that and get the objective view, which is God's view. It doesn't really matter what Father Anthony's view is of Father Anthony. It matters how God sees him, and I need to conform myself in my prayer to that view and allow that mercy to restore me to my, uh, my full dignity. Wow, Mm -hmm. that is powerful and beautiful and something to ascribe to and something to realize is true. And we can have that as we seek to do as well and as we study more and and seek out wisdom. And One one last point there that I find really life-giving. Some of the early church fathers had this distinction between the image and likeness. So when Adam and Eve fell, our first parents, and as St. Paul says, in Adam and Eve, we've all sinned. When they fell, they lost the likeness. They always kept the image. Everyone is in the image of God, in the image of Christ, huh? Everyone is made in the image, and they remain in the image of God, no matter what kind of a horrible life, or maybe they don't even know Christ at all um, of a different religion. But we always maintain the image of Christ, but we do lose the likeness. The likeness is that loving, that that full loving. And so Jesus shows us, 
gives us this new opportunity to live within the likeness of God. So I can re- mm. restore the likeness of God in me is restored. I don't lose the image that needs to be uh, cleaned off, but I'm, I'm given this new opportunity to live the likeness again, to live like Christ. And Jesus gives me that ability. That's the, the third step of the spiritual life. The first step, knowing yourself, yes. strengths and weaknesses, getting to know Christ, and then becoming like Christ. So I learned to see as Christ sees without the spiritual cataracts. I, get, I love like Christ loves. I feel what Christ feels about what's going on in the world today, what's going on with COVID, what's going on right. with individuals. I begin to experience how, how Christ experiences that. That's really amazing. That's the third, the third and, and uh, deepest step of the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. I love it. And just for the benefit of our listeners and, and down the road, our viewers, could you repeat mm-hmm. those three steps one more time, too? You I've just already mentioned. forgotten them. I'm oh, sorry. Stop. I sorry. Sorry. Can't, can't do that. I forgot what I said. Um, sure. The, the, the first step in the spiritual life is knowing yourself. Right? Sure. This, this goes back to the mm-hmm. Greeks even before Christ, uh, to know thyself. Um, so that means I know how the good spirits work on me, the evil spirits, and the things right. to which I cling, knowing myself. Um, and then um, focusing on the good so those weeds don't have as much space in my life, if you will. That's farming image. Mm-hmm. I'm a farm boy. Uh, sure. And then uh, the second step is getting to know Christ. So I need to do a deep dive in Scripture, hence retreats. I need, mm-hmm. to, do, I need to be pondering Scripture also in my daily life to get to know Christ in the sacraments and also in his word, okay? And as I get to know Christ, I begin to surrender my life to him, and he leads me to this point where I begin to love with his love. I enter into his heart through the Eucharist. Yeah? We're, mm-hmm. we're drawn into the heart of Christ. More than you and me receiving the Eucharist, we're actually drawn into the heart of Christ to begin to love with his love. Our blood types come together, sure. <laughs> if you will, and I begin to love with his love. And so that's the third step of the, the spiritual life, to love with his love. So I see as he sees, I wow. feel what he feels. I sense what's going on in the, in the world today as Christ does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that beautiful imagery, that mm-hmm. truth, that step-by-step, how we're going through that to, to see how Christ sees, to see the world today, the situations, the good, the bad, to view it with Christ's eyes, to yes. have that, that internal peace and calm. Mm-hmm. Where we know in life, you know, God uh, either either wills things or he allows things to happen. And if he allows things to happen, to stay rooted in faith and peace and calmness, knowing that all things will work for his glory, that goodness will come out of a situation that's seemingly negative or scary or we don't see the full picture yet. So just going through those steps to have a greater understanding of who we are as a gift, but also who Christ is in our life and how we want to model our lives as uh, according to him and what he does, and just to really shoot for that as our goal and every day continue to strive for that and and go ahead you yes. got it bingo yes. well thank you appreciate it. all right okay good bingo That's we right got on. it it's good it's That's good right on and i think some things some tools to keep us on track you know we just talked about the sacrament of reconciliation you know mm-hmm. both was talking about the need for cleansing but then also gosh in addition to obviously of course the eucharist in attending mass you know daily mass if we can but if not definitely you know yes. weekend mass um, I also want to talk about the importance of seeking out a spiritual director. Mm. Um, if maybe you could talk to that a little bit in terms of the role of the spiritual director in someone's life to help guide them on their journey, since you are an official spiritual director for Kendrick yes. So please uh, yes. say a few words about that and, and um, the role of a spiritual director. Okay. Well, uh, this is a difficult one. And and unfortunately, I, I wish I could be more optimistic about where we stand in this. But... Here's, here's how, it, how it goes down. There are not enough spiritual directors okay. out there. And, and there needs to be, it's, for one, it's a charism from God. And for okay. two, it needs some training for that. Yes. So spiritual direction is such, we can't all have a spiritual director. And it's sad. And so mm-hmm. people come to me, can you, if I have a full slate, which I do, can you recommend other spiritual directors? And, and there are very few that, that uh, are available that have the proper training and the charism. Instead, St. Ignatius says, it's important to have a spiritual person in your life to whom you confide. Huh? So I think we do need to choose a mentor soul, if you will. Maybe we won't call it spiritual direction, but someone who will help us see our own truth. Someone will help us expand my myopic vision of the problem in my family, let's say, or in my mm-hmm. work, or, or, the, or the joys in my life, and, and help me see how where the Lord is in this. So it's, it has to be someone who can can also listen to me profoundly, but hear the Holy Spirit and reflect that back to me. In spiritual direction or even in spiritual mentorship, there has to be the third party present. Right. So in other words, we may enjoy our conversation very much, but I sense that that there's an inspiration going on here too, and that's the, the Holy Spirit at work. So 
there are not enough spiritual directors out right. there. Um, right. It's sad. I wish there were more training for spiritual direction, and and uh, uh, many priests are not equipped for spiritual direction either. Just because you're ordained doesn't mean you have the charism, charism or the training. Right. Some do, some don't. Uh, but there are many, many who can't find spiritual direction, including priests. Wow. There are many okay. priests who don't have a spiritual director, which I oh, th- think is just um, a disaster waiting to happen because the evil spirit knows if he can can disrupt a, a shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's a sad situation in our church, but we can find spiritual mentorship. That's, that's what I love. And in. thank you for, one, just that candid assessment and candid overview, and I think many people would agree. And like you said, it's a charism plus training. So it takes both of those parts, and not everybody has both the charism or the, the training. Correct. However, I loved what you said about a spiritual guide, a spiritual mentor, that kind of person. And I wanted to offer two things along those lines, just Good. in terms of a hopeful uh, opportunity uh, opportunity and alternative people, maybe not an alternative, but a way to address that need. Um, one thing, uh, retreats. So I'm going to give you a plug. This was not pre-planned, I promise, okay. but the White House retreats uh, in South St. Yeah. Louis County. Oh my gosh, the White House retreats. So I think it's uh, whretreat.org, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah, for your, right. your website, mm-hmm. whretreat.org. Wow. And I myself have um, had the wonderful opportunity to participate in a silent retreat. In fact, uh, myself and my aunt and cousin and some friends, we tried to make this an annual event where not only do you take time out to hear wonderful uh, reflections mm-hmm. and teaching and preaching from wonderful mm-hmm. retreat masters like your mm-hmm. like yourself, you. and uh, but also then a chance to let this ruminate, to pray and journal and reflect on what God is saying to you through others. So I really highly recommend that people take time out and and come away come away with Christ and really reflect on a retreat once a year, uh, if not more so, just a long weekend retreat. You don't have to go anywhere fancy or far across the country. Mm-hmm. You can just you know drive. 30 minutes down the road and find a great spot with great retreat masters. So I highly recommend it. Uh, that is a place to start, and there is opportunities to speak with priests during the retreat. And I also recommend uh, prayer groups, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've been very blessed myself to be part of a women's prayer group. We've been meeting every other Monday for 20 years, 20 mm-hmm. years. So that's been an amazing gift to really journey with one another, to Beautiful. walk with one another, to point out where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, may be leading each Beautiful. one of us, and mm-hmm. really cover these individuals in prayer. So it's just mm-hmm. really important to uh, have that outside third person, as you mentioned, to walk along the journey, because life is tough for all of us, as we mm-hmm. all know. So how do we have guidance, inspiration from somebody who's grounded and rooted and also seeking out faith and truth. So I highly recommend um, seeking out uh, a prayer group, if you can, and, and or a retreat experience, or hopefully both. Excellent. Thank yes, you. So. I, yeah, I second that. That's yes. wonderful. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad so. you have the experience of that, too, oh, of thank how you. life-giving it is. It know, really so. is life-giving, and yeah. that's well said, mm-hmm. because then um, you're able to address life issues in the proper context. So it's not what does somebody think, but we pray for biblical and scriptural wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, we seek out, wow. you know, what is said in Beautiful. scripture. We seek out um, uh, priests and, and deacons and others. And we just, again, pray with and for one another and make it a point uh, to have a certain day to to pray for the women uh, in our group and to have prayer partners. So just really trying to uh, root all of our decisions in prayer and let the Holy Spirit speak to our heart to really um, be open and also to kind of confirm things with one another. I know when two or more of get two or more of you are gathered in my name. Yeah. And so to really have that opportunity to have small uh, prayer circles also as a part of our uh, group in the process. So I think that's just vitally important. It's wow. borne many fruit. Yeah, there's there's 12 of us, like the 12 apostles. And uh, I think out of Can the Can I 12- be the 13th? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would ruin it, wouldn't it? Sorry, yeah, yeah. You're good where you're at. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. So anyway, it's all good. We're all, all women, 12 women in our oh, prayer group here, so sorry about that. But anyway, we'd love to have you come and talk to us at some point uh, and share your Sounds wisdom, wonderful. so that'll That's be good. Right. So I really just— Great recommendation. Thank you. Excellent. It really is. And, mm-hmm. and actually what's neat to see, too, is the men, primarily the husbands of the women in the group, have seen mm-hmm. the fruits of the group, so they form their own groups. So they oh, have a great. men's group meeting the opposite two Mondays a month that we are. And then once a year, both the, uh, the women go off for their own retreat, and the guys go off on their retreat 
retreat, and then once a year, all the families get together for some family time with reflection and praise and worship and teaching and fun and just an opportunity to really get together as families in addition Mm -hmm. to um, Mm -hmm. individual um, men's and women's retreats and and our weekly meetings. So that's a little bit. I wanted to just quickly, uh, now's a good time to pause and remind our listeners again that uh, they are listening to St. Joseph's Radio Live, St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are the Realm of the West, and I am so fortunate to be speaking with my friend, Father Anthony Wick. Our topic today is Theology of the Body, and my name is Karen Nolkemper. I wanted to give you our phone number uh, one more time here, 636-447-6000. That's 636-447-6000. If you have a question for Father Anthony and or maybe like to speak to him uh, when we're done with the program as well. So I wanted to give that number there. So yeah, those are some of my, my thoughts. Um, any other thoughts about theology of the body, where to go for resources, or the pros and cons? Why should, why should somebody definitely want to study more? I don't see any cons. I don't see any sides <laughs> to, to wanting to, to follow and pursue and learn more about theology of the body, but just wanted to kind of open it up to you to uh, give some additional thoughts along, along those lines. I, I think it's just important to look at what the resources are out there. If you know of any theology of the body groups, if you could uh, talk to someone who has extensive experience, perhaps who've gone who's gone to conferences. There's formation uh, available up in Philadelphia. I know some people have made that trip to receive different uh, formation conferences up there at an institute there. There are many different opportunities. I think it can come. You can approach it from a variety of ways. Uh, and just dabble in it. It'd be good to have someone you're also talking with and, and processing it with. I find it incredibly life-giving, and I, I'm constantly learning more. I'm constantly being called out of myself uh, to live this more holistic life. So the more I read Theology of the Body, I don't feel like I've integrated it in such that I'm already living it, and now I need to share it with others. For me, it, it also, which I think is wonderful, it keeps calling me to this deeper self-gift, this deeper reality, a deeper appreciation uh, the theology inscribed in my very body as gift to to cherish that and 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 join body and soul much more holistically together. This is an amazing life. It's an amazing life if if we live it in Christ and are living with the grace of Christ. It's it's amazing to be alive. It's amazing to feel that love of God coming through you, pouring through you, and you see the flourishing of the other person in front of you and their love their love of God coming through their eyes towards me. It's so ennobling. It's it's an amazing life if we if we're living this. If we begin to live this, even we get the first inklings of it, and it it's such an antidote to the shallow, the shallow propositions of the world and how to live and how to find your happiness and how to assert yourself and and uh, you be you, all those kind of things. You know that that just don't satisfy those sugar substitutes that uh, we keep going back Down. to that causes basically an addictive behavior from one person to another or right. trying to assert myself in all situations and not really loving you as you deserve. Right. So, so well said. And you're seeing in terms of where people can go, um, I know, you know, in St. Louis to, you know, look through individual uh, parishes and churches or where, um, like locally, if people were looking for something to do, should they contact their local pastor? Where uh, would you recommend they start to find a group that uh, can really help them with that, maybe a facilitated group that would yeah, really... That's an excellent to... question. Um, I'm beginning to start some groups myself and feeling that out how well that goes for a couple months, um, two hours a week. And uh, so that might become an availability for more people. I've thought about doing it online too. I think we're, most of us are sick of being on Zoom for extended yes, periods, I know. but it does allow for many people to join on too. I don't know. We'll see where the good Lord takes that. I do suggest ask your local pastor so he'll know yeah. any local groups or couples who are beginning to do this. There are so many resources out there for Theology of the Body because the Holy Father, it's been a long time ago since he offered us this treasure in the church. But anyway, that theological time bomb needs to, um, it's ticking. So we need to be right. a part of that that holy explosion, if you will, right. uh, of, of this gift. So there's so many ways you could go, go about it. Ask your la- local pastor okay. and, and see what he might recommend uh, locally there, or he'll ask someone else who would know. I don't know all the different initiatives going on in St. Louis. I certainly don't. But um, I would start locally and, and see what can be done there. Some people perhaps are familiar with it. We could go to a little study together, a book study, uh, share, share uh, from that. I think that could be very life-giving. I do, too. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some resources, too. Obviously, with St. Joseph's Radio, I want to uh, say yes. S-A-I-N-T, Joseph 
josephradio.net. So Saints spelled out, josephradio.net, another great place to go for some resources for Theology of the Body. Great, uh, so you. I wanted to make that that known as well, too. Um, so like you said, your local pastor to really, um, you know, start there. Absolutely. And to, you know, I think maybe take a good book in the Adoration Chapel, you know, take a Theology of the Body book in the Adoration Chapel and just begin to pray and see where God is leading you That's as great. another way to just to be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance in that. You that should have been that talker. I should oh, have been the stop. Host. Not true. Not That's true. You're exactly very kind. This. You're very kind. <laughs> You're very, very Next time I'll switch. <laughs> okay, okay, deal, deal. No, but in all honesty, thank you for your wisdom. I know that you are, you're very modest and humble and funny, but you're very wise in St. Louis. We're very blessed to have you. You're a, a uh, well-known, uh, highly respected, highly regarded speaker, and uh, I uh, don't want to give out too much of your information, or other, otherwise I'll be calling you from far and wide, yonder and across the, the country to, to have you come and speak. You're but very you complimentary, do, thank oh, you. Oh, well, that's all true. But you're very, very wise in terms of this, and I just encourage um, as you were saying, to talk to a local pastor. Groups mm-hmm. are starting up in St. Louis, so that's exciting. I know that you're uh, facilitating one coming up and, again, available for um, retreats and whatnot at the White House uh, yes. Retreat mm-hmm. Center in, in St. Louis. But I think that's a great place to start because there's really no downside to learning how to love people more fully like God does and realizing the gift of who they are, mind, yeah. body, spirit, soul. So it's just a really a beautiful way of being. Mm-hmm. And then people really understand fulfillment. And what I love is for kids in terms of looking at taking this, because I know I've worked with uh, teens and young adults uh, years ago as a youth minister, as well as um, someone in my my present situation too, just once they start to get the age-appropriate concepts, oh my gosh, they light up because then they realize who they are, how they're uh, unique, and they deserve respect. And it also helps them, it sets them up for relationships later in life. So they can identify relationships that are too selfish and it helps them not be selfish themselves, but then also see where other people are. And I think it helps them set healthy boundaries in their lives That's right. so they can control what they let in and let out. So it's just kind of a holistic oh. view of themselves and it really uh, propels them on a different trajectory for healthy relationships. I'm glad you said that because it brings up a point that's really essential here, and that is we're hardwired for theology of the body. Right. We're hardwired for this kind of receiving everything as gift and giving and living a sacrificial life. As um, my mother says, you know, marriage is martyrdom, but it's a joyful martyrdom. It's a, it's a being focused on the other. And so when you train children in what true love is, they know the difference right. of what they've right. experienced a lot of false love before. Yes. And so they are attracted to this. Absolutely. And on that note, let's go ahead and close with a prayer. This is Year of St. Joseph's. Okay. So if you could uh, please lead us in the prayer of St. Joseph. Is that Certainly. all right? Thank you. And we'll close out with that prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession, and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for me. Amen. Amen. Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 